Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like grape banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello, all y'all motherfuckers, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of The Voices in Our Heads that's how I feel lately. Congrats on surviving another week. Truly, it's it's hard out here for a human being. But here's some shows I'm doing if you want to come to them. If you're in the following places. New York City, Saturday, 1031. It's Halloween. Uh, Donna Guerreras and I are doing a new New York. We're doing a day thing. That's Babes on Blades and tie dyeing and all that shit think that might be sold out but then at seven o'clock we have a few tickets left for the comedy show we do temperature checks and you gotta wear your mask the whole time and it's outdoors so bring a chair and then afterwards we scouted out a place to a very wide open space that's pretty much it's a it's a pier and it's a public pier so it's like a public park area that's open until 1 a.m and I was like okay we're gonna party um so it's really really big so all the people that come to the show at 7 will tell you the exact location after the show. And then we'll all go over there. We're going to have some people setting up some glow-in-the-dark balloons that float because they got helium in them. God, I've looked up so many times on the internet. Is it okay to suck helium out of a balloon? And then I was going to do it. And then there's just that, well, there's more than one article that's like, my son Jerry sucked helium out of a balloon and he's never been the same. Or... My nephew, Benjamin, it's always a guy, sucked helium out of a balloon, then he died. Like, I'm, I'm, so I read too many of those. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Kurt and Fisher and I are going to be at the Bricktown Comedy Club, November 19th through the 21st. If you need to get some LOLs out before you spend Thanksgiving with whoever you're going to spend it with. Maybe you're not going to spend it with your family this year because they're old or they're diabetic or they got asthma. And maybe that's a gift. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Everyone's in a different situation. Baltimore, Maryland. Corinne Fisher and I are going to be at Magooby's Joke House November 27th and the 28th. That is the days immediately following Thanksgiving after you've either had a very stressful time with your family or you just hung out and smoked weed with your friends. Either way, come get your laughter out. Let's laugh at all the sad, dark things in the world because God damn it, there's so much. Okay? <laughs> there's so much. Uh, Denver ruled. We were in Denver last weekend, this past weekend. Oh my God, it ruled. It ruled. Everyone's real strict with the masks and that was very nice. I, I, there was a guy that came into one of the restaurants. Uh, we were waiting to get takeout and he, his nose was sticking out of his mask. I love, I love what, I love when people walking around, you know, in a public place where you're, you know, you're less than six feet away from people and you got your nose hanging out of your mask. That's just letting everybody know you almost gave a shit, but then you're like, eh, nah. But we were at a place getting takeout and this guy came in with his nose sticking out of his mask and the woman acted. She was frightened, which I, I was happy to see. She was like, sir, sir, do not step any closer. You're going you're gonna to need to put your mask over your nose, okay? She was trying so hard to be polite, but she was very stressed out. And the, the result is always a very uh, annoying tone when it's a woman, and that's very sexist, and I hate it. But anyway, Denver was great. The first day there, Corinne and I got there, and we ate. Oh, man, I was so hungry. Kevin came with me. He's so good on the flights. He did take a poopy at a, at, at, on the carpet. And he, t and he pissed on the carpet. You know, he doesn't like going to that dog relief area in the airports because it smells like a sweaty fat man's taint after he's walked up Mount Fuji. Oh, shit. I got to turn my AC off. One second. Just give me one second. I forgot to do that. And then you're going to hear it. And I'm going to be annoyed. Yeah. But those fucking dog relief areas at the airport smell like a poop. Someone pooped on a on the floor and then someone threw up on it and then someone pooped again and then someone threw up. It just smells like hell. 
And believe me, no mask you could possibly wear can protect you from that smell. And Kevin was like, this smells like shit, mom. I'm not going here. And I was like, well, look, I get it. But can you please just suck it up? I know you're a hound dog and you got all these big nostrils and you could smell real good and shit. But I'm going to need you to do me solid. And then he wouldn't go. And I was like, you know what? You know, I'm not going to make my baby do something he doesn't want to. I can't just press a button and have the piss leak out of him. Or the poo-poo fall out of his b-hole. I wish I could, but I can't. So I was like, well, maybe you don't have to go. Or maybe maybe he already, maybe he doesn't have to go. Or maybe it's that the dog relief area smells like shit. I was trying to do a Maybelline jingle um, sound alike, but it didn't work. So he didn't go and he he wouldn't go in the relief area at JFK. And then and then I was waiting, you know, by the terminal, I was waiting to go to Dunkin' Donuts, and then a lady looked down and pointed at Kevin. And usually, you know, people at the airport are like, Oh my god, your dog's so cute. And I'm like, I know, isn't he cute? But she was pointing at him and I was like, Yeah, I know he's cute. And then I looked down and he was taking a poo poo poo. He was piling on those turds on the floor. And I was like, Cool. And then I had to carry it. I had to get a napkin and then carry it like a long time to the nearest bathroom. I was like, well, this is nice. The things we do for love. But yeah, Corinne and I love Denver. I purchased a cross stitch, a framed cross stitch that says, fuck all y'all. Fuck all y'all. I love that phrase. I say it a lot. Fuck all y'all. I say it when I'm mad. I say it when I'm sad. I say it when I'm giddy. Fuck all y'all. So I saw this cross dish and I was like, this is fate. And then we were supposed to go to Estes Park to look to to take a tour of um, the Shining Hotel. And then we rented a car because it was like an hour drive. And then the Internet was like, hey, Estes Park had, is under mandatory evacuation. So you can't come. And we're like, are you sure? And so we called the hotel, the Shining Hotel, the Stanley. That's what it's called. <laughs> and they didn't answer I called them and they're like your call cannot be completed as dialed I'm like oh that's not good I hope everyone's okay if you're being affected by the fires boy you know America just give us more shit yeah just pile it on hurricanes fires pandemic racism xenophobia just a lot of shit is happening this is this is a this is a time this is the time. But let's let's laugh for one moment, shall we? I'm going to do a longer, like a longer, I'm going to read many, many examples of some fuckboy theater screenshots. Okay, fuckboy theater. Ready? Okay, this is this is one fuckboy. Fuckboy number one. Fuckboy number one. Okay. <clears throat> Ready? Wait, let me get in the zone. <sighs> All right. Fuck me, bitch. So sweet. Crying laughing face emoji. Crying laughing face emoji. Are you okay? No, but yes, because I'm bored. Winky face. Like... Are you fucking with me or are you being serious with this fuck me bitch? No, it, sorry, it was probably a sexual impulse because you're cute, lol. See, it's always the girl's fault. Didn't mean it in a negative way, probably the way I was raised, crying laughing Actually, wait, I take that back. I'm not sorry, ever. If anything, you should be typing me stuff like that. Hundred emoji. I changed my mind though because I'm not a sex toy, sorry. I got 191 matches, LOL. I'm just fucking with people. <sighs> That's a wrap on fuckboy number one named Brandon. You know, fuck off. It just, oh, go fuck yourself. All right, let's 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 hear from fuckboy number two. Does he, you think he's going to be good? <laughs> Spoiler alert. He's a piece of shit. <clears throat> okay. You got a boyfriend? LOL, no. You got a girlfriend? Hell nah. Don't nobody want me. I wouldn't say no one. Just maybe you haven't found the person who does. <laughs> Women always trying to fix them. 
Nah, I don't even be looking for a relationship, to be honest. If it happens, it happens, but not force. Well, that's when they say it happens when you're not looking. What about you? You looking? Nope, not currently. Got a lot of shit going on, so I'm just focusing on seeing my family and friends. The world is wild, and I am lucky that they are all in good health. Heart emoji, heart emoji, heart eye emoji. Right? LOL, I st- I'll still have you attached as fuck. Will you? Hmm. I would like to see that. <laughs> yes. Crying emoji, heart eye emoji. Those two just don't go together. I don't know if you ready for that with you being in Chicago. Crying emoji. LOL, are you ready for that? I'm willing to cross that bridge if and when we get there. You might catch feelings, crying emoji, eye roll emoji, monkey covering his eyes emoji. LOL, you're very confident for someone who just said, quote, nobody wants me. <laughs> this is very conflicting, and I don't know what to believe. Crying laugh. Oh, who's calling me? Fuck, I'm doing fuck about theater. theater. Get out of my face. <clears throat> Sorry. Crying laughing face emoji. It's true, though. Tongue out emoji. You might catch feelings. Eye roll emoji. LOL. Then I'm gonna have to ghost. Oh, you will. Oh, my God. Dot, 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 dot. Well, that's not a selling point. <laughs> Goddamn right. Crying laughing face emoji. Probably not. But I'm just being 100 emoji. Shrug emoji. Okay. Well, then... I think I'm good. All right. <laughs> That's a wrap on fuckboy number two. Oh, man. We're, we're the world we're missing. Okay. Here's fuckboy number three. <clears throat> Non-voter. That's what it says. Why? Because people are judgmental and opinionated, overly sensitive about everything, and I'm not. Wait. You don't vote because people are judgmental? I believe in a higher being. It has nothing to do with what she asked. I think people believe they run the universe and it's not true. I see things differently. The world is overpopulated with humans who can figure out how to all coexist. Did you just text me to argue about why I don't vote? Humans are self-destructing on this planet as we speak. He's not wrong. It's not who's in power. It's beyond that. I find peace and solitude in just existing. I think all I did was just ask you a real question and you got real defensive. I'm not defensive. I think that's an assumption. You asked me a question and I responded. Quote, did you just text me to argue about why I don't vote? Sounds defensive. Okay, I think you just took it the wrong way. I was asking you a serious question. That's a wrap on fuckboy number three. Okay. Fuckboy number four. What's he got going on? What's he, guys? Okay. <clears throat> hmm. Hey, how are, how are you? Peachy, and you? Unique profile you've got there. Are you married? <laughs> I'm great. Married, but available. Going to get out of this prison soon. Looking for a smart one. A challenge in good way. Done with dummies. Oh, wow. You seem like a real sweetie. And I'm a perfect Virgo, winky face. Right. Hardworking, successful man, and established. And then they just stop talking. That's the wrap on fuckboy number four. Okay. 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 We're doing it. We're doing it. So, oh, wait. Where's that one that girl sent me and then the guy's in jail? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Craigslist. Wait, I gotta, I gotta read this to you. I gotta read this to you because I read it and I was like, shut the fuck up. And then I thought I saved it, but like I'm not seeing it. Craig's list. Okay, fuck boy with a twist. Okay, so this girl sends me these screenshots. She goes, hey, Christina, so I'm having a lovely Saturday morning coffee and scrolling through Kijiji, K-I-J-I-J-I. It's the Canadian version of Craigslist. Not really looking for anything particular, but sometimes they have funny stories under the misconnections and under long lost relationship categories. I came across this ad that an old man posted. He's not that old. He's whatever. Uh, looking for a travel companion. So for shits and giggles, I Googled his name and this really interesting article was the first thing that came up. Check out the screenshots. Wowzers. All right. 
This is wild. I'm not going to say the guy's name because that's rude and maybe illegal. Okay, so this guy's ad on this Canadian type of Craigslist says his name and then it says, I love traveling. With COVID-19, things are not easy, but soon it will change. I And I really would like to find someone to share my travels with. I'm a senior, pretty active, and I like to experience new cultures. Have traveled extensively in Africa and happy to return, but also to see out seek out new destinations enjoy humor good cooking and intimacy okay so that doesn't sound so bad right the girl googles his name and i'm assuming the country and the article that came up the 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 title of this article is suspect who allegedly stole from daycares in jail (laughs) okay ready all right this is the article daycare owners who allege their accountant collectively but bilked them out of $755,000 held out to slender hope Thursday that they'd see their money again as the man accused of embezzling funds for not-for-profit child care centers made his first court appearance. This person, and this is his name and his age, which match exactly the profile of the Craigslist thing, was arrested late Wednesday at at this airport after arriving from Africa to face 42 fraud and theft-related charges in connection with his bookkeeping work for 21 daycares. At his brief court appearance, this guy wore a Hawaiian shirt and jeans and sat quietly in the prisoner's box. Quote, he looked old, weathered, tired, and a shell of a man that I'd previously known, says a lady who's the director of this daycare in, in Canada. Um, She said her daycare was, quote, financially crippled and alleges this guy defrauded the center of over $120,000. She called him a friend and said she was shocked by his alleged crimes. She said her daycare was financially. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She first discovered there was a problem in September 2006 when money went missing from the daycare's bank account. Efforts to contact this guy were unsuccessful, she added. I found out later that uh, later that same day that this guy was on a flight to Nairobi a week prior. I'm assuming that's in Africa. Although restitution was top of mind for this lady, she added, I don't really have a lot of hope in that. <laughs> in Since September 2006, this guy had reportedly been living in Kenya before moving to Uganda. Police issued a warrant for his arrest in February 2007. And then this detective in a place in Canada... Um, Fraud Squad said he's been tracking this guy for the past 21 months and was aware he was in Africa. (laughs) Oh, my God. And scene. Wow. Wow, guys. Wow. Thank you. I did get a BFA in acting for Marymount College. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, boy. You know when you're just browsing through your Canadian Craigslist drinking coffee and you're like yeah what's here and then you see an ad that doesn't look really odd you know by by that craigslist type of ad i wouldn't i wouldn't suspect he was embezzling funds but then it's the guy with the same name who also goes to africa a lot well he going to africa to run away from his crimes that's what he's doing and boy oh boy can't do that sir they're gonna get you when you get off the plane Oh my god, it's so funny. A lot of you emailed me to not buy a knife. Guys, I'm not going to buy a knife. Uh I was looking through my emails to look at some to find some fuckboy theater screenshots and I I came across uh, a lot of people like begging me not to buy a knife. I'm not going to buy a knife. I you can't have a knife in New York, I don't think. It's it is a lot safer. I will say, it does feel safer. And because I'm like super fucking psychic, um and I feel the vibe when I'm outside. And there's been plenty of times where I'm walking outside. I'm like, girl, get the fuck inside right now. Because that guy looks a little scary. Like he's going to punch you in the fucking face and not care. There's been a few times where I've walked past strangers or strangers have been walking towards me where I'm like, danger, danger, danger. And I ran away. So I don't know if I was right. But but yeah, New York, New York's safer. All these motherfuckers talking about how it's a ghost town. Uh, It's not. And there are COVID outbreaks. Uh, the positive testing rate has gone up to 1%. And then I looked uh, looked at all the news places because I was like, is it responsible to do an event on Halloween? This is going to be our last event for the year, Donna and I. But we have a lot of stuff planned that we can go digital for. Uh, but then we looked at where the COVID outbreaks were happening and it's in the Hasidic Jewish communities in, in Brooklyn. 
So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I don't think Hasidic Jewish people are going to come to our shows. I want them to if you want to. But, well, I, well, but you got to get, you got to get your temperature checked. Anyway, New York feels safer, which is cool. I did do a, I wouldn't. I would say show is a show is to giving it too much credit. Uh, a live. I was involved in a live podcast recording of not my own, but uh, another person's co- podcast, and they had twelve comedians. Corinne and I were one of them. Uh, show up to be like juries, jurors in this fake court case of our comedian friend who dosed our other comedian friend with Molly. And you know, Corinne asked me if I wanted to do it, and I was like, I don't know. And I was like, Yeah, okay. And I had to wear a costume, and I was like, Well, I got a lot of wigs in my house, so I just um, I got my wig that I bought when I was playing Alex Cooper from Caller Daddy. It's like guys we fuck, but we're hotter and we have boyfriends. That's how we pitched it. Um, so I was just Alex Cooper because um, he had to wear a costume. Anyway, this show, <clears throat> this live podcast fake trial thing lasts for a very long time. Very, very long time. I thought we were going to get up and talk, all the comics who were jurors, but we we didn't. Uh, so I was like, okay, mm, whatever. And and then at the end, I was thinking to myself, you know, because I think a lot about danger. I think a lot about danger. And, and, and New York and the safety. And particularly this podcast, there was a guy there with a Trump hat, which I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> bye-bye. But all right, yeah, cool, sure, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, sure. Yeah, you still like him after all that? All right, well, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they were making jokes, the people that were involved in this, the, the guy comedians that were involved in this. And they were making jokes that were, fun, you know, funny and button pushy that somebody could find absolutely offensive. Uh, I found some of them offensive. But when I find things offensive, I go, oh, I found that offensive. Okay, move on. Um, and then I was thinking, like, what if one of these guys, like one of the fans or something well just like had a gun and was going to shoot us all i thought that i think that a lot i very casually think that a lot you know it's like when you're a woman you very and i i know this might sound weird to to men but when you're a female and you walk down a street especially at night in like a city or even not a city but if it's at night and you're outside you know and there you're walking by yourself and there's a guy you know on the other side of the street or just a man of any age race any just a man just a man that's the only criteria is it's a man and and they're walking on the other side of the street or maybe you see him walking towards you, you, you as a woman you casually go god i hope i don't get raped uh just casually not like on edge about it but just you have your wits about you you're very alert you're very alert if you're a woman you have female friends who have been sexually assaulted. That is pretty much a fact. You know somebody who has. You've heard terrible stories. And so you just very casually go, is that guy going to try to kill me and hold me at knife point and rape me? I hope, God, I hope not. Uh, da, 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 da. And then you just, you know, and then he passes you and you're like, all right, sick. And then you just keep going. It's very casual. So I was very casually, uh, you know, witnessing this live podcast recording. And I was like, man, I hope no one like shoots us up. And then at the end, one of the comedians, I did not know this. Apparently he told other people, but he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me. And I had just gotten a text from my mom that boy sent me on a sad spin. And then I had to make fun of stuff around my around me to get myself out of this terrible headspace. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put this fucking blonde wig on and Go to this goddamn podcast recording and hope I forget my woes. Very casually uh, at towards the end of this two-hour, three-hour event, thinking that someone was going to shoot us up. And then a comedian uh, was, you know, it was all like a WCW type of uh, fanfare. It's very showy, This the, the, the show that was happening. It's very like pretending to be mad and, you know, it's entertaining. But then these fireworks go off. And I wouldn't even say they're fireworks because they sounded like a gun was right behind me. And one of the comedians was trying to fake an assassination right as I was going, God, I hope no one shoots us up. Like, truly, come on. I'm so psychic. But I, we were all sitting in a row on these chairs, all 12 of the comics, and then the hosts of this thing, the podcast. And then these fireworks go off, like six of them. But they are, they're not like, you know, sparkly, and there's no whistles. It's just straight up boom, boom, boom. And I was like, 
oh, oh, fuck. We about to die. I ran. I've never ran that fast in my life. I think I pulled a muscle. I, I thought, I swore, I was like, we're getting shot at. We're getting shot at. I covered my head and I fucking ran. And then I realized it was fireworks and I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking punch whoever, whoever thought of that. Fuck you. Give me a goddamn heads up, okay? I've never heard, I've never been in the crossfires of a gun. Knock on fucking wood on that one. But boy, did I think I was. I was 100% certain that someone was firing a gun. And then I looked around after I ran, you know, five feet to like behind a plant. Behind It was a large plant. It was like a tree that was in a pot. Um, and I looked and no one was injured or screaming or doing anything. You know, people were freaked out. But then I saw smoke coming from these fireworks that sounded like a goddamn machine gun. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you, fu I was so mad that I left. And then I was texting with Corinne because Corinne was there. And I was like, I said, hey, I, I left. I, sorry, I didn't say bye. Uh, I, I, I'm still, I got to walk that off, man. I thought that was gunshots. Right before those sounds happened, I was casually thinking to myself, man, I hope no one shoots us. And I mean, come on. It's not nice. And I think I have a heart condition now, you fucking turds. Oh, my God. And then Corinne was like, oh, yeah, no, I just, I thought it was gunshots too, but I didn't really react. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How can I be like that? I want to be that calm. And I was like, wait, you weren't on edge? You're not on edge? She's like, no, bad things happen in the world, and they're, all, they're always going to happen. I was like, well, that's bleak, but honestly, you have a calm, she has a calm existence, a calmer existence than I. I was on edge, motherfucker. And then I heard those fireworks and I was like, it's all done. But I didn't, my life, you know, you hear people's lives flash before their eyes. None of that happened. I was just like, let me run behind this plant. I, and I truly thought that we were all going to die. I was going to get shot in the head. And my only thought, not, you know, my friends and family or, you know, all the life I've lived. It was just, I got to run behind that plant. <laughs> so those are my survival instincts. You know, I spend every day meditating to like quell my fight or flight. And then I hear what I swear to God are gunshots. And my fight or flight just goes, just hide behind that tree, bitch. Hide behind the tree. And then I did. Apparently there's video footage of our reaction. And I cannot wait to get a hold of that. Yo, I've been watching this thing on National Geographic. A Disney Plus app recommend it if you if you if you're in the market uh and it's called gathering storm it's a national geographic show and oh I, yo weather crazy ass weather i am in awe of tornadoes i'm just like wow like i'm in awe of hurricanes and tornadoes i just think it's I don't know. I and maybe awe is not the right word, but I just think weather is fucking crazy, you guys. Tornadoes are what a powerful force of nature, and you can't. I all and I, one of the things you know, I, I went on the Disney Plus app and I was like, I gotta find something. It was late at night, and I was like, I need something that's not gonna, you know, rattle my bones with politics or women being treated like shit or racism happening. I just, I need to watch something that has nothing to do with social rights or politics or any goddamn thing. Weather. Weather is a safe category for me. And so there's this show called Gathering Storm and uh, there's a bunch of episodes. The first episode, yo. Okay, so National Geographic gives a thousand fishermen and marine biologists and all these people that are on the water and track hurricanes they gave them cameras to attach like gopros or whatever the fuck to attach to their boat or attach to their whatever the port the dock whatever and the first episode is about hurricane dorian yo hurricane dorian i forgot about that hurricane hurricane dorian was one of the most powerful tropical cyclones to ever make was the most powerful tropical cyclone excuse me sorry dorian didn't mean to you know downplay your achievements to ever make landfall in the bahamas and the wind speed 
was went up to in the Bahamas, 185 miles an hour. A hot, so you're in a tornado. And this giant storm stalled over the Bahamas. And so for like 20 hours, 185 mile per hour winds were annihilating the Bahamas. Guys, that was in 2019. What the fuck? That was last year. I was like, wait, was this like 2005 when I was in middle school not really concentrating on other shit? No, it was last year, motherfuckers. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it was last year. I don't even remember. I do remember the Bahamas needed help because they got hit by a storm. I, I remember that. But I don't specifically remember that this happened a goddamn year ago because it feels like it happens 82 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? It's been a year. But wow. And then I found out through the show that in the coast, members of the Coast Guard, there are jobs out there in the world. First of all, America gets pummeled by hurricanes. There's not many other countries that just get the shit kicked out of them by hurricanes. America is just one of them. And we deserve it. You know, we're not really nice to our people, to anybody. We're not very welcoming. Well, I mean, some of us are, and that's cool. But not the ones in charge. They're kind of mean and rude. So, you know, that's God's way of going, fuck you. And we're like, what? I'm going to keep using this hairspray. Fuck yeah. And then Dorian was like, no, fuck you. In 2019. Anyway, it's people's jobs. I can't, I wish, you know, I wish I knew this was a job when I was a child. They got to tell kids in school that this is a job because holy hell, that's the coolest job I've ever heard of. It is people's jobs to fly a giant Air Force plane, part of the United States Air Force, into a hurricane. So they were tracking these men and women. That's job it was to get on a plane and fly into Hurricane Dorian, fly into the fucking hurricane. 185 mile per hour winds because that was going to uh, um, when the planes do that and they collect data they have all these meteorologists inside of the plane collecting data and they drop these fucking things it looks like when you go to a bank drive through and then you take the little tube the futuristic tube put your money in it and you and it sucks up and goes to the lady and lady's like okay I'll put this money in your account you're like thanks bitch and she's like don't call me that and you're like okay and then she gains the tube back so it looked like one of those tubes uh, and they just dropped it into the hurricane to take measurements. Yo, are you kidding me? That's a job? What a... I want to date somebody who flies in a hurricane. I mean, talk about, you know... On Guys You Fuck Credit, I always talk about, you know, we've never... We've always... Not dated down, but, you know dated people who need help or like you know are not in a good place emotionally and then we try to fix it and then i'm looking at these motherfucking dudes cool as a cucumber by the way flying into hurricane dorian and not dying and doing it with a calm face i mean that's a that's that's the man for me one who flies into hurricanes and is like i got it i need that kind of calm in my goddamn life so if you're out there Hit me up. <laughs> I can't believe that's a job. That's wild. Oh, P.S. If you have a, if you're listening to this and you have like a crazy job, like a really unique, fucking cool job, email me and tell me about it, and I want to read it. Cause like I can't believe I didn't know that was a job. There's so many jobs out there, guys, that no one talks about because that like they don't get as much you know media attention. Cause I don't know why. Because a lot of shit's happening everywhere else, I guess, in every other area of American life and international life. But man, we should take more time out to focus on these fucking heroes who fly into a hurricane. Oh my God, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Cool as a cucumber. And then they were talking about, you know, after Hurricane Dorian fucked the Bahamas up. Holy hell. And then it was coming for South Carolina. Or was it North Carolina? One of the Carolinas. And there's always those people that are like, I'm not leaving my house. But honestly, it's it's a beautiful, it's like kind of beautiful, even though it's dumb. Because they're like, I grew up here. I fucking, I'm not leaving it. And in the back of your head, you're like, ah, that's not a good idea. But I get it. You know, you have heart. You have passion. You're excited about something. You have this mean, this is, you're sticking to your morals. Even though they're going to put you in the face of danger. I do kind of respect that in a way. And then I thought back to Hurricane Sandy. 
when did that hit? 2000 and who fucking knows? I don't, it, it was 25 years ago, basically. Hurricane Sandy hit New York. And we stayed. We stayed like a couple of turds. And and then we did do the thing that I was criticizing these fucks of doing in the show of like going outside in the wind. I was like, why would you do that? You're going to die, you idiot. And then I was like, oh, I totally did that during Hurricane Sandy. I was like, let's go outside. And then I went on First Avenue and you there was one point where you could lean forward as if you were about to fall onto like a bunch of like a pile of foam or a mattress just go straight forward and tip over. You could do that on First Avenue, but you didn't tip over because the winds were so high that they held you up. And I was like, well, that's wild. Glad we're living in a concrete jungle filled with very tall buildings. I hope that they can sustain these winds. Oh, boy. Yeah, one of those pilot guys that flies in the hurricane, he said, we fly into the most intense weather Mother Nature has created. And I was like, God damn, you do, Ted. Good for you. Wonder what your life is like otherwise. Do you get bored easily? Man, I'm going through a time, y'all. I'm going through a time. I'm going through a time. And I, we all are. We all are. But it's like, cool. Yeah, let's add some. All the issues that could happen at any other time. Let's have them happen now during this hellhole of a year we're in, huh? Yeah, that's good. That's cool. I, I've had I've had to pull myself out of out of some depression comas, man. <laughs> and I always do a good job of it. <clears throat> Thank God. Thank God I'm good at it. When I'm when I'm <laughs> when I'm really, really sad and then like bad things just keep happening, it kind of makes me laugh. And then I'm like, well, okay, this is like a a way in to make fun of it, you know? I have, <laughs> I was looking around my apartment the other day and I was very sad. I was very sad. And I, I have all these gemstones, these like precious stones, you know, all the kinds, like the amethyst kind and the rose quartz. There's like a billion, there's so many stones that you can have. And as a woman, woman in her early thirties, I'm collecting those stones. Like they're running out of style. And I was just so sad. I was sitting on my floor and I was just so in my own head. And why is my mind going to bully me? And like, just like, Christina, just think about something else. For the love of God, think about something else. It's so tiring to think about. And then I looked around and saw all these stones and I started picking them up and hugging them. I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh, these stones, maybe they'll help make my life better. And then I picked up all the stones and I like hugged them. And I was like, for the love of Christ, please help me, rocks. Please, please. Please help make my life better, stones and rocks. I don't know if you do anything, but I'm going to pretend you do because that makes me feel like there's some hope. Oh, precious stones. I got yellow stones and green stones and purple ones and pink ones. And I'm just hugging them, putting them in my bra, putting them in my underwear. I'm like, I don't know. Do they have to touch my body? Maybe they have to touch my body. I put them in my bra. I put them under my armpit. And I was just walking around like, please help me, stones. <laughs> I was just being nuts. I was being nuts. And then I made myself laugh. So that was good. Thank God for comedy. Holy hell. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Oh my God. So another thing that I do <laughs> when I'm feeling low, and sometimes it really backfires, but I look at my old diaries. <laughs> sometimes it really backfires. Because <laughs> I was like, wait. Was I sexually assaulted by that boyfriend? I was writing like I was. That's weird. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't want to go down that dark hole. Let's just look at something else. Please help me, stones. Let me just hold a stone and forget that one. <laughs> just, I just, oh, God. But I found a diary entry that made me laugh. I found a bunch that made me sad. But this one made me laugh. It was, it was from Saturday, June 29th, uh, 2002. So I, Christina, your girl, your girl was 14 years old, okay? And I was still in this phase of everything's great. Nothing bad ever happens. If it's a negative feeling, get out of my house. You're not welcome. Like I just, I, I didn't really allow myself to be sad or to think of my parents in a negative light or any of my circumstances. Like I really had this, I'm fine kind of demeanor. And I wasn't cracking just yet. That wasn't until college. 
But uh, I went on this trip to Canada, this field trip to Canada, and when I was 14, and this girl, her name was Tori, she bullied me, and uh, <clears throat> it really got to me, man. I'm so sensitive, and uh, fuck all y'all. I don't even care. Like, I'm just, I'm sensitive. I'm a sensitive gal, and oh, man, I was even, I was way more sensitive when I was 14. What a delicate, you know how old people, I'm talking about like 87 97 years old their their hands the skin on the top of a very old person's hands just looks like like a delicate fall leaf that you could like if you touched it it would break that was me when I was 14 so you can imagine what a time so this diary entry is uh I I I wrote it right after this trip to Canada with my French class and that was ruined by this girl Tori that I that was so mean to me okay ready (laughs) wait let's I think I'm going to cue some music. Let's cue some middle school music. Uh, okay. <laughs> Saturday, June 29th, 2002. Canada trip turned out to be fun, but one person ruined it for me. Tori. I'm not going to say her last name. I did during my TED Talk, though. Oops. I shouldn't let <clears throat> I shouldn't let one person ruin my vacation, but I'm so sensitive and can't handle being made fun of. It started out when she punched me in the back in front of the elevator. (laughs) Rude, bitch. God, see, 32-year-old me would have punched her right in her, all of the parts of her body. Then she said things in front of my face. That is one thing I can't handle. And I underline can't like eight times. But I've decided she's not worth me, worthy of me being upset. Good for you, Christina, getting some inner strength. Oh, (laughs) As Jewel says, quote, don't give your strength to those which you wish to be free from. I believe that more than anything. I'm way prettier than she is. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. I have a better body than she has. (laughs) Okay, girl. I get better grades than she does. That's worth bragging about. It makes me chuckle to know she thinks she's better than me. What a loser. I don't hate her. I feel sorry for her. I probably wrote that in my room when I was 14. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> she called me names. And then I wrote a list. This is, this is things. This is reasons. A list of why I shouldn't care about Tori. Hopefully I didn't read this on this podcast before. I don't fucking remember what I do anywhere. But you'll hear it again if it did. Why I shouldn't care about Tori. Number one, she doesn't know me well enough to form an opinion about me. That's true. Good job. Two, I'm not what she says I am. And I'm too upper class to say stuff back to her. That's hilarious that I said I'm upper class because I lived in what was the poor section of my uh, school district. Um, and it got I got made fun of for that because it was I lived in a condo when everyone else lived in these like mansion houses. It's the worst when you're a kid living in the tiniest, crappiest not they weren't crappy, but they were really, really small apartments in Pennsylvania. But then the next neighborhood over, not kidding you, mansions. Like six bedroom, four and a half bath. And it's like, can you put them a little ways down the road so I don't got to look at them, please? That's rude. Okay, number three of why I shouldn't care about Tori Harris. She, oh shoot, I said her last name. I don't care. She doesn't deserve to be friends with me. Oh yeah, I just sold her. Why should I worry about a drug addict, alcoholic, smoking, smoking? Oh, okay. Well, don't judge her on that, Christina. She's probably high when she talks to me anyways. <laughs> I mean, probably not. The boys at school like my looks and personality better than hers. Now, see, that's just a terrible thing to say to myself. But that's a very 14-year-old thing to say. Um, because, you know, when you're 14 and uh, you're, all your antennas are pointed outwards... You just want to be pretty and popular. That's pretty much all you want to do. Okay, yeah. So that's my diary entry. I'm gonna I'm gonna read like one an episode. Some of these are really sad. I won't read the sad ones because I'm trying to forget, y'all. I'm trying to forget. Wait, what? Oh, I'm just flipping through my diary and I saw this. Wow, the one word to describe today. God was probably. God was probably one of the most memorable days of my life. So hyperbolic. I woke up kind of late and didn't take a shower because I just took one la- the night before. This is hot news, guys. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got that out of my diary. 
went to school. It was a BE day, which are my favorite days. English was okay. We did vocab. In math, we had a, a substitute teacher, which was cool because she didn't say anything, which I like. <laughs> Third period with this teacher that I was in love with was amazing as usual. He found a new voice that resembles that of Butthead in the TV show. How intellectual is that? Again, I'm 14 when I'm writing this. In love with my English teacher. LOL. By that time, it started to show. Blah, blah, blah. What do I mean? I definitely thought snow in the beginning of April was a little weird. So I found out we're getting out early. I was bummed at first, but Kristen Brady and I talked. Oh, I said her last name, but she didn't do anything wrong. Kristen Brady and I talked, and she said I could ride the bus home. So we forged notes. Oh, man, I was a badass. Before we went home at 1.15, my teacher that I was in love with came up to me and said, I think I might be going. Next page. On the London trip, which made my day because me and him have the best time together. He's the coolest person I know and an excellent best friend. Oh, that's sad, Christina, that you're 14 and your best friend is your fucking teacher who really uh, has a wife and kids and does not want to be your best friend. Okay. So anyways, I go home on Kristen's bus and I sat near Paul. I didn't really think I liked him anymore. And we were online at Kristen's house after we got off the bus. And she told Paul that she he should come outside. And we all three go into the woods and fool around. I was surprised she said that. <laughs> A.K.A. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> and then he said, okay. So we bundled up. I only had a sweatshirt on. Stupid. <laughs> 14-year-old Christina. So hard on herself. And I walked into the woods. It was so lame at first because we just stood there looking around. So I finally said something and one thing led to another and me and him, Kristen stayed away because it would be her turn to get with him next. Oh my God. Uh, went behind a tree. I leaned up against it and we took, we looked at each other and kissed. My first kiss and it was with the guy, turn the page, I used to be in love with. Man. It came so naturally to me. Actually, it didn't. Um, I remember strolling all over myself. It was kind of sloppy. Yes, it was. Because he had his tongue kind of down my throat. We did it for like a minute straight. I ended it, not him, and left. But I had my hands on his face. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did have... Wow, now I'm remembering my first... This was my first ever kiss in ninth grade. 14 years old. It was a snow day. Made out with Paul. And then went back to the clearing in the woods. And then my friend Kristen went and made out with him. But whatever. <laughs> I, it was my time to shine, okay? But I had my hands on his face and neck. His were on my butt. Ah, I loved it. I think that was the first time a guy's ever touched my butt. Oh, cute, y'all. You're getting the hot takes. And then Kristen made out with him. So it didn't have much meaning, but it did to me. <laughs> Every once in a while, I stop and say, I made out with Paul. You guys, that was just, I mean, come on. It's just, remember when we were young and we were in middle school and that's what mattered? And you didn't care if your friend also made out with that guy. You were just excited to hold somebody's face while he held your butt. I don't know, man. I don't know what what what's happening in the world. What's going on? What are we doing to survive? It's, you're, you're, you're beyond me. I will say, that you gotta watch the Borat movie. Jesus fucking Christ. Watch the latest Borat movie, please. Just do it, please. Just please watch it. I'm not, it's just, it's so good. That is the one of the best examples of utilizing comedy to expose American stupidity that I've ever seen. Cause you know, it's a trope. Sometimes it's done well, sometimes it's not. Where you send like a comedic reporter out to a Trump rally or and you're like, get him to say stupid shit or whatever. Like, haha, cool. It's honestly, it's kind of depressing. Borat too? Yo, I mean, it's depressing because it, but it is, I have not laughed that hard. Holy shit. In a long time. And then they got Rudolph Giuliani, a fucking, what is he on? Another planet, that's what. And all the weed and drugs, because goddamn. When he speaks on the news, he sounds like such a fucking idiot. And then I was watching this 9-11 documentary. Or no, it was a documentary about crime, like gangs in New York, whatever, figuring out all the gangs that were involved. Um, the mo not, not gangs, mafia, which is a gang. It's the same fucking thing, but because they're white, people are like, it's fine. It's, let's romanticize it. 
fuck off. Anyway, it was mafia uh, ties to all the construction happening in New York. It was this documentary I was watching. And Rudy Giuliani was being interviewed, you know, like a year or two ago about his strategy in, you know, undermining the mafia. And this motherfucker sounds smart as hell. And I'm like, wow, I, you make me trust you when you talk that way. Anyway, there's a scene, a lot of the Borat movies, it's just them tricking, playing pranks on people or doing wild things in front of people and getting their reaction. There's a scene with Giuliani in the end. Holy fucking shit. Please watch it. Please watch it and know that that's what comedy can do. Man. I just, wow. So fucking funny. And this chick that played Borat's daughter. Oh my God. First of all, I love a good glow up in a movie. Never have I ever seen a glow up such as this because she played this guy's daughter, Borat's daughter from Kazakhstan. And uh, she comes in a crate and is like covered in dirt looks like a cave woman basically and then by the end of the movie she's gorgeous she's so hot and there's this one scene where they're doing a debutante ball and it's the daughter daughter and the dad and they're dancing so it's borat and the girl who plays his daughter and they're dancing and let me just say she on her period but the way that they take the physical comedy and the it is Oh my God, I was laughing so hard I almost came. Like I was just so joyful when I was watching this movie because I was laughing that hard. So I, I really, I really highly recommend you watch Borat. Anyways, this is the one thing I'll say before I leave. I'll get out of here. Actually, and I have a very fun, I have a cool announcement that I'm only going to tell you guys at the very end of the episode. So don't leave yet, okay? I'm working with this woman. I'm not going to promoter yet because I, I want to keep this for me like the, her name and stuff because I want you to contact her eventually but we're doing this um, I just want to keep that part to me for me but um, her and I are doing she's doing a beta program for the spiritual coaching and she asked me if I wanted to join uh, and I was like uh yeah thank you and so we had our uh, like a session once a week basically and she gives me advice it's a great addition to my therapy um, and she 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 gave me this one piece of advice about talking about spirituality. I don't know if this is a certain kind of spirituality, but basically, guys, we all choose what we believe. Sometimes it's taught to us. A lot of times it's taught to us. Other times we can be so lucky as to discover it for ourselves. But believing in something, I think, is a choice. I choose to believe certain things just to keep me going. Are they true? I don't fucking know, and I don't care, but I believe them, Okay. But I've heard this sentiment echoed in a lot of uh, birth chart readings I've gotten, some tarot card readings I've gotten, just a lot of readings I've gotten with spiritual people that were, you know, I was impressed by and I was like, oh, you know your shit. Okay, cool. But the sentiment is that you, you before you come into this life, you choose who your parents are going to be and they choose you. You choose them and they choose you before you come into this life. Whatever that means. I don't know really what all of it means, but okay, cool. I'm on board. Basically, you choose them to, to, to help teach you certain lessons. And that can be said for your parents, all of your exes, your friends, whatever. You choose them to learn a lesson for the next life. Who the hell knows what's true and what's not? But I that feels right to me. And uh, this woman that I'm working with for the spiritual coaching thing, where I'm trying to like hone in on my psychic fuck abilities, was echoed this to me again and this was like the fourth time I had heard it in the last month and I was like and it really sunk in this time around when she said it to me and I was like that is such a great way to look at a parent because goddamn every other way that I've been looking at them it hurts my body and soul and brain and muscles and eyeballs and all the things that make up my body and who I am so this thinking about it from this perspective was very helpful for me so I don't know maybe it's helpful for you before you got here you were like, that's going to be my mom and dad, or that's going to be my guardian, or that's going to be whatever your circumstances were, are. You chose that to learn certain lessons. And that made me let my parents off the hook a little bit because it's this fine line between getting mad at them for the times, you know, not to their face, at least for me, that's how, that, that's how I work best. <laughs> not getting mad at anybody's face, just behind their back. And then when they come in the room, I'm like, hi, I'm fine. <laughs> no, but um, just let, allowing myself to feel anger for the first time about things that happened, right? But then I get stuck in that anger and I'm like, well, I don't like this. So when she said that that to me, because I was like, I'm so sick of thinking about this shit, you know? I'm just so sick of thinking about it. I'm going to go rollerblade. 
I did rollerblade today, and that is a that is a true gift, rollerblading. Um, but yeah, but she said this. She's like, you chose your parents before you got here, and they chose you to you uh, to learn whatever lessons you're going to learn. I'm like, well, that makes me less angry. So thank you for saying that. And I'm just telling you now, in case it makes you less angry or whatever. Because guys, we're all trying. We're all trying. And then this girl sent me this poem. Yo. <laughs> I read it on the street and I started crying. But now now I'm far removed from being in the depths of my despair that I can read it. Um, this it's The poem is called This Be the Verse by Philip Larkin. And I swear to God, y'all, just like earlier when I was saying I was at that show and I was like, I wonder if anybody's going to shoot us. And then I heard these firecracker gunshot things and I was like, well, that's funny. I am psychic. So I was, you know, just ruminating about how the fuck can I communicate myself better? Because what, I, what I'm saying is just not being said. And I really have a big problem with people telling me how I feel. That lights me on fire. Okay? It lights me on fire. Doesn't matter if you're my mother. Doesn't matter if you're a stranger. Doesn't matter if you're my ex-friend. Who have all done that to me. You tell me how I feel. And you tell me that I, the happiness I'm experiencing is not real and that it's fake. I mean, I don't know what else to say except fuck you. You know what I mean? Anyway, there's it's a poem by Philip Larkin. This be the verse. This girl sent it to me. And she's like, I feel like you might like this poem. And I read it and I was like, oh, God, I love this poem. All right, here's the poem. They fuck you up, your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. <laughs> and they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. I mean, I mean, that's a good poem, huh? I mean, you have kids if you goddamn want to, y'all. But I love this poem by Philip Larkin. Okay, my announcement before we leave. I have merch. I have Babes on Blades merch. I'm only telling you. I'm not putting it on the internet. This is, you're the only people that are going to know about it. If you go on Instagram and look up at Christina Presents, or if you go on my website, there's already a merch tab. I'm not telling anybody like on the internet, like making an announcement yet. Um, I'm probably going to do it in like a week or two, but I'm just, I'm telling you if you want to buy it. I will say, I, we got samples of all the products and I wanted the better quality of certain things. So they're not like 15, 20 bucks. They're like 35, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Like, so it's not, I really wanted a nicer quality of article of clothing. We got Babes on Blades, drawstring backpacks. The quality of these drawstring backpacks are fucking unreal. You could fit a pair of shoes in them, which is what I wanted. I wanted to be able to fit a wallet, water bottle, and shoes. And it's still really lightweight, still very durable. And it says Babes on Blades on it. Guys, I'm really excited about this. I've been wanting to do merch for a very long time and I just watched it on my to-do list go uncrossed and uncrossed and I'll write a new to-do list and then there it was again and I'll transfer it over because I wasn't doing it but I got together with a, a woman named Kylie who is a fashion designer graphic designer um, if you go on Instagram it's at end of story and why let me make sure I'm telling you the right one let me make sure because I don't want to fuck it up and I gotta look it up I gotta look it up and it's Kylie Olivia's her name end and of course, I can't type. End of story NY. That's the woman who is I'm working with to do all this merch. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited. When it came in the mail, I, I cried. I was like, this is so beautiful. I've been wanting to do this for so long. So right now, I'm rolling out with some Babes on Blades merch. Hoodies, shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, backpacks, fanny packs. The drawstring backpack. The fanny packs were, are expensive, but because I, I wanted, I didn't, got a sample of the shittier. I don't want the shitty kind. I don't want the shitty kind. I want the nicer kind. So if you want, I'm trying to do merch and I'm going to roll out with a bunch of pins. Apparently motherfuckers pay for like a pin, like an enamel pin, 20 bucks. And I'm like, 20 bucks? And then Kylie was showing me some of the people who pay 20. I'm like, 20 bucks? Shit, really? That's a lot for that little thing. But I'm trying to raise money to buy my goddamn apartment building so I could turn it into an immersive theater experience, okay? So can you buy my pin? It's like my Girl Scout cookie. I don't think the pins are up yet, but just uh, they will be soon. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Guys, congratulations on not killing yourself this week. I really commend you. Um, be a good person. Vote if you're over the age of 18 and, you know, pick up some litter or do some, do like a good thing today. You know, be kind to a person or a tree or the ground. I love you. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. <laughs>